inside of each of us is a created, it's a created need for Jesus Christ. And you can only meet Jesus, have a deep relationship with Jesus in the tent of meeting. Watch this program today, see what you think, try it. Perhaps God has something very special in store for you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, come before you this morning seeking your blessing. As we open the Bible and study your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be here, teaching us, leading us and guiding us. Thank you, Jesus. May this program draw us closer to you. In your name, amen. I've entitled this program this morning, The Tent of Meeting. The Tent of Meeting. And if you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to open them to one of the early books in the Word, Exodus chapter 33, and we'll be reading from verse 7 this morning. While you open your Bibles, I would like to just give you the background to this wonderful little story. Moses, who many argue was one of the greatest prophets in all the Bible, had been down to Egypt And he made a difference when he went down to Egypt because Moses' people, who were the Israelites, had been in captivity, had been slaves to the Egyptians for over 400 long, hard years. In fact, many of the pyramids that we see standing now in Egypt are a result of the Israelite captivity in Egypt so many thousands of years ago. And Moses had strode into Pharaoh's court and with the power of God upon him, he had wrenched those slaves from out of the iron grip of Pharaoh and he had taken them through the desert and they were on their way to freedom. Oh, it's a, it's a thrilling story. And if you have a Bible, you open to Exodus, read the story, it will thrill you how Moses, with the power of God, was able to lead the Israelites who had been slaves through the desert to the promised land and on to freedom. Well, in the middle of the desert, there is an interesting experience that Moses has that I want to share with you this morning. And it's found in Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. And as we read this passage of scripture, I believe you'll begin to understand why I have titled the program, The Tent of Meeting. And I'm going to read the story right through this morning, and then I'm going to come back and go through it. It's only a short passage, going to come back and go through it verse by verse. This is the story, Exodus chapter 33 verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent. Remember that Moses is in the desert. Moses is in the desert with over four million recently freed slaves. You can imagine the campsite. It would have been huge. Moses has a deep, a very serious responsibility from God to take these slaves through the desert to freedom. And I find it very interesting what Moses does. And I think that what Moses does 4,000 years ago is what you and I need to be doing in our lives today. Let's read this passage, Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, and he called this tent the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Verse 8. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. What an experience that would have been. 
Verse 10, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of his own tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So you get a feel of what is happening here. There's a campsite of over four million people. And just outside that campsite, this is important to your life this morning. Just outside that campsite, Moses pitches a tent. It's called the tent of meeting. And whenever people wanted to talk to the Lord... Now, as modern day Christians, surely that's what we want to do, to talk to the Lord. Whenever people wanted to talk to this real live God, then you know what, ha- what would happen? They would leave their campsite and they would go to this tent of meeting and in that tent of meeting, they would have a meeting between God and themselves. What a wonderful experience. What a wonderful tent this tent was. It was a place where people went to seek God and how we, with our dry, barren, dusty hearts, how we need to have a tent of meeting ourselves and be seeking God. Well, let's look at this little passage for just a few moments this morning. Exodus 33, verse 7. Now Moses, the Bible says, used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And I've said it already today and I'll say it again. You need, we need... I need a tent of meeting in my own life. And if you have a tent of meeting somewhere in your life with God, you will have power from on high inside you. I remember a year or so ago, I had the privilege of going to Papua New Guinea to do an outreach program in Lay, Papua New Guinea. Beautiful place, beautiful people. And the local church there had hired a, a two Aussie rules fields. I guess uh, we would have had... Five, ten, maybe 15,000 people plus attending these outdoor programs where I went up with some of our church members and I preached the story of Jesus. And I want to tell you that in Papua New Guinea, a place that is very dear to my heart, the people are hungry for the story of Jesus. I don't mind saying as a pastor in the Seventh-day Adventist church whose whole life is dedicated to sharing Jesus, how much I long to see the hunger for Jesus that I saw in Papua New Guinea down here in Australia. Because I know in Australia that we need Jesus perhaps even more desperately than those beautiful people in Papua New Guinea. And they would turn out in the thousands. As I say, 5,000 maybe the first few nights went to 10, 15. It could have even gone to 20,000. We don't know. But there were thousands and thousands of people there. And I remember being very interested in one of the first nights I, I, I went to this site to preach. There is a tiny little caravan. It may have been three, maybe four metres long at the very most. It was a tiny little wooden caravan, it may have been 50, 60 years old. It it, it looked like it, it came out of Noah's Ark. That's how old it was. But I was interested to see that lady after lady would would walk into that caravan 
and maybe 12, 15, perhaps up to 20 women would squeeze into this three, four metre caravan. I looked at one of my Papua New Guinean friends and I said, what are those ladies doing in that caravan? Because they would go in an hour or so before the meeting and they wouldn't come out for an hour or so after the meeting. And he said, those ladies are praying for you, Pastor. They're praying for the people at this program. And I thought to myself, because I know, I, I know this, this area of scripture and I've known it for, for some time, those ladies have in this, on this evangelistic site, those ladies have a tent of meeting. And that's what they had. They would go into that caravan, they would get on their knees, it was stifling hot, I don't know what it would have been like in that caravan, and they would pray, and they would pray for somewhere between three and four hours for me and the meeting. Now when you have a tent of meeting like that, where people come in and they pray and they are meeting with God, you better believe, you better believe this morning, you are going to see power. And there was power unleashed on that program like I have never seen in 20 years of preaching the gospel. Second or third night I was there, we, we turned up early. We were always early preparing to get up and preach to these people. And they'd set up an outdoor stage and there on that outdoor stage, there may have been 30 men sitting down cross-legged and you could see that they were animated and they were having a meeting. And I looked across at my friend Jeff and Joe who had come up from my church with me to Papua New Guinea and I said to them, I think we must have done something wrong. Perhaps, perhaps we've, we've offended their culture inadvertently. We, we didn't know the culture very well. We didn't know how they, how they act, how they speak really. And so the president of the church up there, looked across and he saw me and he called my, me up onto the stage and I thought, oh, I, I think I'm in trouble. And I walked up onto the stage and he said, I want to tell you something, Pastor. And he had quite a stern look on his face, but you could see there was a joy shining out of him. Uh, something special was going on here. And I, and I said, what do you want to tell me? He said, every night you get up and preach. I said, that's right. He said, you are preaching in English. I said, that's right. He said, we've decided not to give you an interpreter. I said, that's right, because he said, we believe the people can understand you good enough in English. And I said, well, I appreciate that. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to, to speak with, I call them interrupters, where you're speaking English and then they're interpreting it into their language. And so I've been preaching to them in English. He said, let me tell you something, Pastor. He said, there are 15,000, 20,000 people here. He said, you are preaching in English and they are hearing you in pigeon. He said, you are preaching in English. They are hearing you in pigeon. I said, that can't be, it's impossible. He looked at the 20, 30, maybe 40 pastors sitting around on, on our stage. And he said, are you hearing him in pigeon? And they all shook their head, yes. So I decided after the program that night, I'd begin to speak to people in the program. I said to them, are you hearing me in English? Are you hearing me in pidgin? Do you know that every one of those thousands of people were hearing me who was preaching in English, they were hearing me in their own native pidgin. There was a miracle going on. Somewhere between what I was saying and what the people were hearing, Somewhere between what I was saying and what the people were hearing, God was translating it into their language. And I asked myself that first night, what is going on? 
What power is there that causes this great miracle like nothing I've ever seen in my life? What power is there that causes this to happen? Now, I knew it was God, but why was God doing this? And then it hit me like a bombshell. We have in this camp, we have on this, uh, on this evangelistic ground, in this evangelistic program, we have a tent of meeting. And I am convinced and convicted deep in my heart that the reason we saw miracles happening at that program, and that is only one of many, is because we had a caravan, a small caravan, full of women who loved the Lord, meeting with God, praying for the program. There is power when there is a tent of meeting in the midst of God's people. But not only do we need a tent of meeting as a corporate group, we need a tent of meeting in our own individual lives. I want to tell you this morning, for all my weaknesses, and there are plenty of them, I have a tent of meeting and people laugh at me about this, but it's the most powerful thing I have going in my life today. I live in a house that has a walk-in road. And in that walk-in robe, if you were to come to my house and visit me, you would see a small sheepskin on the floor. Because every day, well, I should say it should be every day, and it is most days, I go into that walk-in robe and I get down on my knees, I shut the door, I'm in total darkness and I'm, in a te- I'm at my tent of meeting. I'm talking with God and God is talking with me. Now this is what Moses used to do. It's what the ladies in Papua New Guinea did. It's what I am doing, and let me suggest to you in this church watching television today, that is what you should be doing. You need a tent of meeting. That tent of meeting might be your bedroom. It might be your study. It might be your walk-in robe. It might be the bathroom. It could even be the toilet. There's nowhere in the house that's quiet. That may be where you have to go. But a tent of meeting has to be a place where you and God can meet. It needs to be a place where you can't be interrupted by the children or the wife or the husband or the friends or the phone or work. It needs to be a place where you can go every day to meet God. Human beings need God. We need to be in contact with God. We need to be talking to God. We need God inside of us, leading and guiding us in our lives. We are built, we are designed to have that experience. And the only way you can have that experience to its full is to have a tent of meeting, a tent of meeting just as Moses did almost 4,000 years ago. Verse 8, And whenever Moses went to the tent... All the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tent, watching Moses until he entered the tent. Let me tell you something, and this is a fact when I talk to Christians now. Christians in the church and Christians watching this on television. If you have a tent of meeting, oh, it could be your wardrobe. It could be your bedroom. It could be, the, it could be any room in your house. It could be out in the bush. It doesn't matter where it is. You need it. If you have a tent of meeting, people will know. I don't know how. But people can look at Christians who are in contact with a real live God. They know. They know and they will watch you. If you are having an experience with God, talking to him so he hears you. And you in that tent of meeting, hearing him, people will watch you. They know, they watched Moses, they watched him very carefully as he went to the tent of meeting. And people will watch you. Verse 9 of Exodus chapter 33, as Moses entered into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. This is perhaps the most important part of this Bible study this morning. 
When Moses went to his tent of meeting, God would come to meet him. Think about that. When those ladies up in Papua New Guinea went into that caravan, God would come to meet them. When in my home I choose to go upstairs and to walk into my small, dark, walk-in robe, I can tell you now that God comes down to meet me. And I am a person who is weak and fragile. I am a person who has hang-ups. I'm a person who has hurts and pains. Sometimes I'm not too sure of myself. I'm not too sure of the direction that I should lead this, this big church that God's given me to serve. Sometimes I'm lacking confidence, but when I go into my tent of meeting, and this is the crucial, this is the crucial point of this study. When I go into my wardrobe, when I choose to go to God and I get on my knees, I am not praying to a dead God. He comes down, would you believe it? The great God of the heaven who rules the universe, who set the world in its place, who put the sun and the stars in the sky, who made the sea and, 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 and rules and, 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 and is supreme over everything. He has so many things to do, so many things to watch, and yet he chooses when I go to my tent of meeting, in my walk-in robe, to come down into my wardrobe and spend time with me. And when I am in the presence of God, in my wardrobe, in my tent of meeting, and God is there, guess what God does? He takes away the hurt. He takes away the pain. He gives me leading and guidance for this big church. He gives me confidence that I'm on the right road with him. When I am with God, he heals me. He empowers me. He directs and leads and guides me. And there's not a, there's not, there's not a single person on the earth who does not need this type of experience in their life. You are designed whether you acknowledge there is a God or not. It doesn't matter. You are designed To be in a walk with God like this, you are made to talk to God and God wants to talk to you and you cannot have a good life, a peaceful life on this earth and live it to the full unless you have a tent of meeting where you are with the Lord God. And Moses, who was leading four million people through the desert, would spend time in that tent of meeting with God. Is it any wonder that those people got successfully through that terrible, dry, dusty land to the promised land? Is it any? It's no, it's no fluke. It's not by chance. It's because their leader, Moses, spent time with God. And if you're going to get through the desert of your life, and it can be a desert, and it can be hard, and it can be difficult, then you need to, and this is the, this is the only, well, really the best advice I can give you if you heard nothing else. It wouldn't matter. But if you want to get through your difficult life, then you need to set yourself up a tent of meeting. And you need to spend time with the God of Moses. And if he can, if through Moses he can get four million people through the desert, then the God of Moses, who will be the God in your tent, can get you through your life. Exodus chapter 33, verse 10. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud or God standing at the entrance to the tent of meeting, They all stood and worshipped, each in the entrance to his tent. Isn't that interesting? Moses would walk out of his tent. He would walk through the camp. The people would come to the doors of their tent and they would be watching him. He would walk through the camp to the tent of meeting. 
He would go into the tent of meeting. As he went into the tent of meeting, God would come down from the heavens. He would hover in that tent talking to Moses face to face. The people would be watching this. They would see the cloud come down. And as the cloud came down around that tent, as a result of Moses seeking God, the Bible says that the entire camp, then at the entrance of their own tents, all facing the tent of meeting, would bow down and worship the Lord. I think that's powerful. If you have a tent of meeting... It's private. It's in your home. Nobody sees it. But as I've already said, there people have a sense of what you are doing. They will know. They will know in your workplace. They will know in your school place. They will know in the university that you attend. They will know there is a sense. They will know that you are worshipping God. That you, They will know that you have a tent of meeting. They will watch you. And not only will they watch you because of your experience... And what God is doing for you, you will cause some people to also, as they look at you, bow down and worship the Lord God of the heavens. I look here in Australia, I look overseas at the churches that are growing, which are seeing an explosion in growth, in numbers. And I notice two things. Firstly, the church itself is, is being used as a tent of meeting. And I want to pray, and I believe it so, that this church that we worship in is a tent of meeting. I can guarantee you, those of you who are here, sitting here this morning, and those of you who are watching this on television, you come to this church, you will come into a tent of meeting. This is a place where we meet God, and God does come down, and he meets us. But also, what makes a good church, a growing church, is where you have members, you have people who are in the church who have their own tent of meeting, where they are individually meeting God in their tent. They're having an experience with the Lord. People are watching and as people watch their lives, they are coming to Christ. These are the churches that are growing. It's not worship style that makes a church grow. It's not the music that you've got in your church that makes it grow. It's not even really the preaching. What makes a church grow is when you've got people who are in experience with God in their tent. And when they are in their tent, others watch and they come and they worship I can tell you that almost every person that I've had the privilege to bring to Christ in the end has come to Christ not just because of the doctrines and the theology and the Bible studies that I've given to them. They've come to Christ because they've watched the difference that Jesus makes in my life. Now, I'm a sinner. I don't always do things right. You can ask my wife that. She'll tell you that very clearly. But the fact remains that I love Jesus Christ, I'm in an experience with him, and as people watch, as I'm studying with them, they watch the difference Jesus makes in my life, it attracts them to Jesus because they want the same thing. And so they too will come to worship God because of the tent of meeting I have in my wardrobe, in my home, in the privacy of my life. Finally, this little story ends with a beautiful little verse. It said, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, and that's what will happen in your tent of meeting. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Do you know that Joshua enjoyed the presence of the Lord so much that the Bible says when Moses would finally leave the camp to go back to work, Joshua would not leave the tent of meeting. He did not want to step outside the presence of the Lord. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Is it any wonder 
that when Moses died overlooking the promised land, it's a sad story, he never quite made it to the promised land. And when he died on the mountain, the children of Israel were left in the capable hands of a man God chose who could not leave the tent. His name, Joshua. Joshua became the leader of Israel after Moses, this same Joshua who could not leave the tent. I want to encourage you this morning. Walking with God is a beautiful thing. It's, it's the pinnacle of a human being's experience. God is real. God wants to talk with you. God wants to be in your heart and in your life. He wants to help you through the hurts and pains. But if you want to have that sort of experience with that sort of real life, God, then you have to set up for yourself a tent of meeting. And I'll leave this challenge with you this morning. Have somewhere in your house, maybe somewhere in your yard, maybe somewhere in the bush next door to where you live. doesn't matter, but have somewhere where it is yours and it is God, somewhere where, where you can meet with him in quiet, with no distractions, and you can speak to God and he will speak to you. Have your tent of meeting. Try it. Invite the God of Israel, the God of Moses. Invite him into your tent of meeting and just see what God will do for you in your life. That's my challenge to you this morning. God bless. Yes, I love you, my love.